What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita. We are back after a long layoff, actually. We have not had an episode since September. That's because I was out in Arizona for the Arizona Fall League. Need to get a new computer. Wasn't able to record any podcasts out there, but now I have a terrific computer, and we have a fantastic guest returning to the program once again, talking all things MLB offseason. The winter meetings are coming up. I'll be heading out there in a few days. He will be too. It is the Bob Father, Bob Nightingale from USA Today. Welcome back, Bob. Yeah, thanks, Jack. So, Bob, uh, we've obviously had um, not too much news quite yet. Uh, is this to be expected so far? What's, what's the holdup? Yeah, it's usually always slow. Baseball's slow. Uh, yeah, there's no real, you know, rhyme or reason. Everybody's always uh, free agents always ask for more money that teams want to give, and then just a uh, kind of be, everybody's kind of being patient. So you know, usually you'll see a little activity winter meetings, and then it'll be a lot of activity after winter meetings. Usually, guys want to get signed before uh, Christmas and the New Year's. So winter meetings are basically an icebreaker type of thing. In a lot of ways, yeah. You stay. Uh, all the agents would be there, the GMs, so people can meet and say, "Okay, let's, let's see if we can find some common ground here." And sometimes there's a surprise team that you know steps forward. I mean, last year was dominated, of course, by Aaron Judge. This will be uh, dominated by Yamamoto and, of course, uh, Otani. Well, you mentioned Otani, and of course, all eyes are on him. People want to know where he is going to sign. Uh, first things first, do you think that this is going to be a long process with him, or do you think this will be over in less than a month from now? Yeah, I, I think both uh, guys, Yamamoto and uh, Otani, will be over you know, by the end of December. Uh, so Otani's pretty much got to know who's involved, who's willing to give up what, and uh, it's probably just going to be you know, his call you know, where he's going to be most comfortable. I don't think he's going for the top dollar. But just he wants to know what uh, everybody's visions is, uh, you know, for you know, moving forward. Yeah, what do you think matters most to him in picking a potentially a new franchise or returning to an old franchise? Yeah, I just think he wants to uh, he wants to win. He wants to be comfortable. He wants to know uh, you know what the parameters are. Uh, you know, at Anaheim, he only spoke uh, the days after he pitched. So he hasn't spoken to the uh, Angel reporter since August 9th. Did not speak after he won the MVP uh, either. So I think he'll want to say, okay, what are the guidelines here? Do I have to talk every day? Uh, I want some privacy involved too. Yeah, it seems like the Angels give him a little, maybe they might be able to offer him a little more freedom than it seemed like the Dodgers might. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's very comfortable there, obviously. You know, guys enjoy playing there. Yeah, sure, they, you know, wish they'd won more. Uh, but he said that about a lot of places. So uh, he's a home buddy. I mean, he just goes to the stadium, goes back to his condo, and that's it. You know, never, uh, rarely ever goes out to eat or anything like that. So he's not like a, a limelight guy whatsoever. And are you pretty convinced he's staying on the West Coast, or is there anyone – uh, maybe a dark horse team away from the West Coast, someone else other than. I, I mean, right now, I mean, Angels and Dodgers. I feel like those two have to be the the front runners. But is there anyone else that you think has a really strong chance, or am I overrating the Angels' chances of keeping them? Well, I think the Giants will probably offer the most money, but he likes to hit, so I'm not sure if he wants to hit in San Francisco. 
that's why, uh, you know, uh, Chris Bryant turned him down, Aaron Judge turned him down, uh, Giancarlo Stanton turned down the uh, uh, veto to trade. So it's tough to get a big slug that wants to go to San Francisco. Uh, you know, the two dark horse candidates, of course, are the Cubs and Texas Rangers. Cubs have been perceived as a dark horse candidate, you know, all season long. And this is about, you know, Angels people. Things are going to come hard. We'll see. I think, though, the, the pitching factor, you know, you want to be, you want to know when you're going to have a game. You want to know that there's a rain delay, uh, rain outs. So you don't have those rain outs in Southern California. And if you go to Texas, it's a controlled environment. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you think the Cubs are like a realistic landing spot or is it more just on the Cubs end of wanting to pursue him and maybe him not having quite as much interest in playing in Chicago? Yeah, I think they'll throw the big bucks at him and you know everybody knows what he means at the at the uh, at the uh, gates. Uh he's probably worth 20-25 million dollars a year off the field as far as just, you know, the brand, licensing, merchandise. So, I mean, I dance with the Dodgers you know, pretty much they want to buy the brand and uh, and become like, you know, uh, Japan's team, where everybody's wearing a Dodger cap over there. I'm sure the Cubs are looking the same way. I just think the weather factor in, in Chicago, you know, uh, you know it's going to be a hindrance. If they play in a dome or a retractable, uh, retractable roof, it would be, be different, uh, like, like in Texas. But I think it's a long shot to think that he'll leave Southern California. Yeah, in the uh, I would have to think the proximity of the West Coast to Japan, not only for him, but also for fans coming in, and also having games start, you know, a little later in the day. If you're out in Japan, the game starts three hours later than it would if you were playing on the East Coast, and that's an early morning game if you're playing on the East Coast. I think I think those things might matter to him as well. Yeah, I mean, I think he's uh, you know just so comfortable there. Where Yamamoto, I think, wants the limelight. Uh, I think he's a lot bigger candidate to end up with the Yankees or Mets than uh, than anywhere else. You know, despite the factors you said, I just think he wants to be that guy in a big city and in enjoying the nightlife. Yeah, and so Yamamoto's giving a little bit of the opposite indicators because there have been indications from Otani that he's not that interested into, like you were saying, he's not a nightlife guy, he's not a big city guy. He probably would prefer something a little more laid back on the West Coast. But um, Yamamoto, it sounds like, are we hearing that he he wants that big-time market? He wants to pitch in a big spot. Yeah, I really think that the top suitors would be the uh, Yankees and Mets. Uh, you know, not ruling out the Dodgers. The Dodgers would like to have him and Otani and a guy like Dylan Cease. But I, they, uh, I, I just think Yamamoto will end up Back east, you know, New York got the number one market by far. It's just a uh, a different atmosphere back east than it is in anywhere else. Uh, night and day between, you know, East Coast baseball and, and West Coast, it just as far as the atmosphere and everything else. So and I, and I'm sure Atlanta will throw their hat in the ring and stuff like that. But uh, I'd be surprised if he doesn't end up in New York. So you mentioned Dylan Cease. Do you think Dylan is Dylan Cease going to get traded? Do you think, or is this? Uh, I know the White Sox have had opportunities to move guys in the past, and they maybe wait a little longer. Is this is this going to be a total overhaul? Are they listening? What's that, what's that looking like? You know, I think they, uh, I think they'll move them. I really do. I think you know everybody's just starving for starting pitchers. Uh, you know, they got a hot commodity. Uh, you're not going to gain more from you know later on than you will now. So I think I think they move him. 
the Dodgers been involved. Atlanta's been involved. Uh, I would think Baltimore will jump in. They need him. And you get two years of him, not just one year. So I, I think they want to kind of remake that whole roster. Yeah, it seems like there's going to be a little more available on the trade market this year than there had been in the last couple of years because um, I, I have to think the Padres are going to move Juan Soto. I mean, it's, it sure sounds like that, doesn't it? It does. I mean, I'm not sure you know what they're going to get for him. You're talking about you know a team's got to pay him about $32, $33 million a year. Uh, he's already come out and said you know he wants over $500 million as a free agent. So you know how much are you going to give up for one year? Uh, and you'll give up prospects and pay that kind of salary. That's a, that's a big, that's a tall order. Yeah, you mentioned there's just such a need for starting pitching right now, especially um, there's a lot that could be available in the trade market. I've been seeing some reports about teams being interested in Tyler Glass now, Shane Bieber, and Cor- Corbin Burns. Do you think all three of those guys get moved? I'm not sure about uh, Burns. Uh I think Bieber gets moved. He could get moved later on spring training for people to make sure he's healthy. I think Glass now gets moved for sure. Uh, Burns, we'll see. I think they'd like to keep him and uh, and see if they can still make another run at the uh, NL Central. But without you know without Brandon Woodruff, that's a tall order. Circling back to the Cubs. Uh, if they are unable to land Otani, what do you think the Cubs do? I mean, they they go out, they get counsel. Seems like you know, hey, we're here to play. We're going to make a big move or two. What what do you think their offseason is going to look like? Well, then I think they'll start you know reaching out to uh, you know different guys. You know, and uh, you know, uh, could they reach out and grab a a Blake Snell? You know, that's that's possible. Uh, one of the top free agent pitchers out there. You know, good trade, good trade for Cease themselves. I mean, uh, they had him before. They can, you know, get him back again. And these two teams aren't afraid to make trades with it with one another. So I think they'll be they'll be very active trying to get another starting pitcher. And that's the thing about Otani. Who knows when he'll pitch again? I know everybody says, oh, he'll pitch in 2025. Well, they had Tommy John surgery five years ago and it took him two years to recover. So now he's you know he's older. Uh, recovery time is, is greater because you're at DH at the same time. So it's not like this guy's getting ready for opening day 2025. How's the market shaping up for Cody Bellinger? Uh, you know, I, I think the price tag involved, you know, scares a lot of teams. Uh, I would think San Francisco, uh, Yankees, Cubs, and I'm not sure uh, after that. Um, so I, I think he'll want over $200 million. I don't think he'll, you know, one point. People were talking about three hundred million. That's not going to happen. So, but I, I would think those three teams. Uh, if I had a bet, it would be uh, Yankees or Giants. No Cubs. I wouldn't think so. I mean, they had them. Uh, they, you know, they know them very well. Uh, you know, the big question is: Is this the Cody Bellinger? You know, last year is that the guy for real, or is it the one who struggled for the last couple of years with the Dodgers who gave up on him? Dodgers don't make too many mistakes. So yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. So I see, I think people a little uh, a little leery. They love the defense. They just don't about the uh, you know the offense. I think the Cubs should try to keep Cody Bellinger because you know you mentioned what he looked like last year. I do think that this is a new Cody Bellinger. It's a different Cody Bellinger. I mean, he cut down his strikeouts nearly in half last year from one fifty to eighty seven. Uh, really shortened his approach, shortened his swing with two strikes. 
uh, commanded the strike zone much better. And then obviously you mentioned the defense and the versatility to play a couple of different positions. I think if the Cubs are wanting to go out and, you know, potentially trade for Juan Soto or Pete Alonso or someone like that, I, I think they'd be better off just keeping Bellinger personally. Yeah, good. It's just a yeah, question, you know, how much money you want to pour into him. I mean, obviously, yeah. uh, they're not going to get Otani. You know, if you have a chance to go to Otani or Yamamoto, you're going to do that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Bellinger's going to be a lot cheaper, you know, obviously, than, than Soto. And probably cheaper, too, than uh, than Pete Alonso. I mean, Pete Alonso's going to want over $200 million in free agency, too, in a year from now. And you'd have to give up some prospects to get either one of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, particularly with Soto, I mean, it's probably a one-year wonder type thing. Uh, you know, I think he's probably going to want to go, you know, back east. Uh, you know, enjoy enjoy the uh, AL East or the NL East. Uh, he likes that limelight and, and that sort of thing. You know, and, you know, teams, you know, aren't sure. I mean, a year from now, two years from now, you know, Soto might just be a, a DH or first baseman. You know, the, uh, the defense has gone backwards and not a good base runner. Yeah, I mean, his his defense has gotten very poor. Then you mentioned base running, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's going to get that $500 million extension offer. I mean, he got offered reportedly $500 million, but I don't – I mean, do you think he's going to get that much when he's up for contract next year? We'll see. I mean, we'll see. You know, he's going to have a monster year. You know, he got offered 440 by the Nationals. Uh, yeah. A lot was deferred. And that was a couple of years ago. Uh, now we'll see where it goes, but I think he's got to step up his game defensively and, and base running. I mean, it's one thing to get a walk, but if you're just standing on first base, clawing at the base pass, what 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 good does it do? It's not like he's stealing second, stealing third. Speaking of the Cubs, uh, Marcus Stroman, were you surprised when he opted out? I mean, because I personally, he was going to get, I think, $22, 23000000 million next year. I mean, is he going to get that on another team next year? I mean, that uh, truthfully, that surprised me a little bit. I thought he would just opt back in. Yeah, it was at $21 million. I think the Cubs are happy about it. Uh, yeah, I think they want to you know, go a different direction. And it's a lot of money for a starting pitcher, although we're seeing some of these guys get 25 You know, whether it's a Sonny Gray, you know, whether it's a, uh, you know, in Philadelphia bringing back Aaron Nola. So the 25 is, you know, realistic. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's looking for getting a multi-year deal. It's not like he's going to sign for any for a one-year deal for 25. I'm sure he's hoping for a uh, you know, get a, a Sunny Gray type contract, get a three-year deal out of it. And do you think he gets that though? Could I mean uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, at, at at some point, you know, not enough starting pitchers are going around. So someone say, you know what? Uh, I believe in him. Uh, I think what he's done over the years, he's been. You know, he got banged up there with the, the Cubs, uh, you know, wasn't healthy, had been healthy in the past. So we'll see. Yeah, I think he gets it. I think it's a two-year deal, probably for around 50. We'll see about a, a, a three-year deal. But I'm sure he's going to wait out until he gets it. And, uh, you know, some teams will start to get desperate here. So you mentioned Sonny Gray contract. Uh, Cardinals remake their pitching. They go out, they get Sonny Gray three years, $75 million. Kyle Gibson on a one-year, twelve million, and Lance Lynn on a one-year, ten million. Uh, older pitching staff. You've got Michaelis in there at thirty-five years old. Stephen Matz is thirty-two. Lance thirty-six. Kyle Gibson thirty-six. Sonny Gray thirty-four. Do you think they did enough 
to improve their pitching staff for next season to get back to the top of the NL Central, or do they need to do a little more? Well, I think they need to work in that bullpen. Uh, we'll see. I mean, they got probably you know six, seven starters. Probably need more than that. Uh, I think the right guy is out there. Uh, you know, they'll grab him, and they can uh, they can trade Stephen Matz, move Stephen Matz in the bullpen. But they uh, could trade Matz very easily and try to get some uh, some more pitching help. So, I mean, at least they can go into this season comfortable with this, not ecstatic with it, but uh, but comfortable. And you got three guys who eat up innings. Uh, these guys, you know, go, you know, 108, 200 innings a year, you know, which is big, and that's that's what they want. And all three guys are, you know, gamers and you know, great in the clubhouse. Yeah, and it's not an impossible division either. I mean, I could I could very easily see them come back to the top of that division quickly. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a weak division, and uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, probably doesn't even take 90 wins to, to win the division. So uh, it's, you know, wide open again, uh, particularly with the Reds. You know, the Reds need to make a move. The Reds made a big play uh, for Sonny Gray. So uh, I, think they'll, I think they'll be active in, in free agency here too. So outside the Pirates, you know, the other four teams in Central, you know, I'll, I'll get them a chance to win the division. Yeah, could you see the Reds making that move through the trade market instead of free agency? Because uh, obviously it's not a big market team, although it does sound like they'd be willing to spend a little bit. Um, and they do have a lot coming up through that pipeline. Yeah, they've got to trade some of those guys. And, uh, you know, you, you don't have a place to play you know, for all of them anyway. So, you know, why not make a move? Uh, same like with Baltimore Orioles. You know, you got so many position uh, player prospects. It's like you got to trade some of these guys if you want some pitching help. So, no, I can see the Reds definitely being uh, aggressive in the trade market. You think the Orioles are going to make a big move this winter? I mean, they did. They're not, again, similar team, not a big-time spender, but... You know, ten a little about ten years ago, they they added Chris, they gave Chris Davis that big contract, and obviously it didn't work out. But it, that showed, like, hey, you know what? We'll we'll make a move like that every now and then to try to compete. Do you think that they're close to doing something like that, or do you think they're going to be a little more passive? I think they'd be aggressive. Then they had no choice. I mean, they just you know win the division. Uh, they get the best you know young raw talent in, in the American League East. There's no reason they can't. You know, put a stranglehold in this division for the next four or five years. But you need some uh, frontline uh, pitching to do so. Uh, you know, if I'm them, all over, I'm all over Dylan Cease. Remember now, their GM used to be assistant GM under Jeff Lunau in Houston. And that's what Lunau did. He had the great young uh, prospects, and he went out and traded for Verlander. You know, went out and traded for Garrett Cole. And that's what you need to do. And I, I think they'll follow the same blueprint. Uh, I want to ask you about a few more of these teams and players. So, Matt Chapman, what's what's the market looking like for him? Well, Toronto would like to bring him back. Uh, you know, start off strong, faded badly as the year went on. Uh, San Francisco uh, needs a third baseman. They'd like to bring him home. Uh, you know, Seattle just traded uh, you know Suarez to the Arizona Diamondbacks. They could use a third baseman. So I, I would think one of those three teams would make the most sense. Hmm. How about Blake Snell? And if I'm the uh, Mariners, you know, I try to uh, sign Snell and trade trade away some of those uh, young pitchers for some offensive help. Uh, I mean, he wants to he wants to play there. Uh, I don't know about San Francisco Giants. 
I think some teams like Philadelphia backed off because they weren't sure how he'd react in a, a big market. He's never played in a big market. Uh, you know, uh, jury's out whether how he'd react under the pressure. So I would think those teams would make sense. Uh, you know, I wouldn't rule out a St. Louis. I wouldn't rule out an Atlanta. But, you know, the only what I think pitched in the sixth inning is three times last year. That scares teams. Are there any guys that you look at and think, hey, you know, this guy might be a short-term contract but could be a nice little pickup, undervalued guy on the free agent market right now? Well, I, I can see a Michael Waka who pitched very well for the uh, Padres last year. And, uh, you know, he's got a great winning percentage the last two years. I think he's number one in baseball. Uh, but, yeah, he's a, he's a gamer and everything else. But I think Waka would fill that uh, role for sure. Maybe Seth Lugo, another guy from, from the Padres. Uh, but those type of guys. Uh, you know, Jordan Montgomery. I think Montgomery's price is going higher and higher with what he did. And he's proven he can pitch in the, uh, in the big markets. Yeah, where's my – who's in uh, Mark Montgomery right now? Who's it looking like? Well, I would think, you know, Texas be all over him. They know what he did, what he means uh, in that clubhouse. Uh, Yankees would like to have him back. Uh, he'd be perfect in Baltimore. Uh, he can handle the pressure. He's proven that. So I think the market's wide open for this guy. So the Yankees could potentially be giving him a nice contract less than two years after trading him at the deadline. Yeah, I think you opened their eyes where he didn't th- they didn't think he was going to make their playoff roster. He went to St. Louis and pitched lights out. We saw what we did last year with the Rangers. So yeah, it's almost like they'd be conceding, hey, we made a mistake here. We need the, we need the guy. Another guy that I think could be a nice uh, small short-term, nice pickup, a little cheaper, Michael Lorenzen. He pitched really well. Um, honestly, I thought that the Phillies could have used him a little more in the postseason than they did. Uh, but he threw that no hitter, came over to Philly, he had a great year. Um, it sounds like, I mean, I, John Morosi was on MLB network this morning. It sounded like what he was hearing was that the tigers and the angels are both interested in bringing him back. And that, that speaks volumes is when you like, you know, you want to bring a guy back. So I think he could be a nice pickup on a, you know, shorter, cheaper contract. Yeah, you can sort of get him on a two-year contract for sure. Yeah. Uh, both teams like him a lot. Uh, and, uh, you know, pitch well for the Angels and the Tigers. You know, and pitch lights out, that no, you know, the no-hitter for Phillies, but wasn't the same after that game. So, uh, yeah. you know, so the Phillies, you know, may not have seen the real Michael Renzen. They'll probably let him walk. But, yeah, I, I could see him going back to uh, certainly Southern California. Uh, who knows, maybe even the, uh, the Dodgers. The Dodgers need pitching. He's Southern California guy, and the Dodgers get a lot of guys. I, I want to rule out the Dodgers, Dodgers at all. Phillies gave Nola that big extension. Are they done? Are they? Are this, is there more to come from them this winter? Uh, they'll tinker around. They still need to kind of rebuild that bullpen. Uh, it won't be Josh Hader, but they need to get some uh, bullpen parts in there. Uh, I could see them like a Michael Walker type guy, uh, not a not a Yamamoto or anything like that. But uh, a Waka would fit their things. A Seth Lugo would, would fit them in. Uh, you know, those, those guys would make the most sense to me. Houston Astros have, I feel like I have not seen much Astros rumors aside from they could be dangling Alex Bregman. Is there, is there something to that? Um, are they going to have a relatively quiet offseason? 
I think it'll be quiet. Uh, you know, they're almost up against the luxury tax. There's not a whole lot for them to do. I mean, they've been to seven straight ALCSs now, four World Series, <laughs> you know, one, two of them. So uh, I think Bregman teams are calling because he's a free agent after next year. I'm sure they're asking about Altuve too. But the Astros have made it clear to me, you know, uh, extending Altuve is their number one priority. Bregman isn't. I think they think Bregman's going to be too expensive where they want to make Altuve a, uh, an Astro for life. So would they rather just kind of do what they did with Correa and Springer where you hold on to the guy and just use him up through his service time or, you know, once he hits free agency, you just let him walk? Or would they actually consider, hey, maybe we'll trade him right now a year early? I don't think they trade him a year early. I really don't. You know, maybe if they're on the race come, uh, come July, they would trade him. But I think they want to, you know, go for this thing and, uh, and continue it. Uh, you know, it's not like they're rebuilding mode by any means. I mean, they could have easily won the World Series this year. So no, I think I think they keep Bregman. You know, they listen, listen to everybody, uh, just like every other GM. But I think it'd, uh, it'd take a ton for them to uh, to move Bregman because they need him. Yeah, they were only one game away from that World Series. I think if they get into that World Series, I think they win that World Series and. Uh, and it's kind of funny because it felt like a quote-unquote down year for the Astros, and they very nearly won the World Series. Yeah, I mean they didn't get to, into the uh, you know didn't win the division to the last day of the season. I think that's what made it look you know uh, funny. But then you know blew everybody away in the uh, postseason until they ran to Texas. You know won all three in Texas, but couldn't win one of four games in Houston, uh, which was strange. It was like a repeat of 2019 with with the Nationals. And it's funny, I got to give you credit, Bob. The last time you were on, we were talking about Texas had been having this huge collapse in early September, late August, and you were like, they're going to be fine, they're going to get in. I think, I think you said you said they're going to win the division, or maybe you didn't, but you said they're going to get in, didn't matter, and uh, you said they're going to be a good team come postseason, and you were right, they won the World Series. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of uh, Atlanta a couple years ago where they looked... Uh... They were struggling down the stretch with the bullpen. The bullpen was awful. Then the bullpen pitches lights out, uh, you know, in, in October. Same thing here where their bullpen was awful. And they pitched lights out in October. Might be the Will Smith factor. You sign Will Smith, you win a World Series. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a couple more things. Uh, New York Mets, new GM. Uh, what's this winter going to look like? You think they're going to, you know, you mentioned they're going for Yamamoto. Are they going to go for anything else? Uh, you know, it's, they, they're still trying to win. They want to win it all or, you know, be very, very uh, competitive in 2025, not 2024. So I don't I don't believe the Soto rumors whatsoever. Uh, that just doesn't, you know, look what they want to do. They're going to do that. They would have kept, you know, Berlander and Scherzer. So, uh, and I, I do think uh, Pete Alonso's uh, very much available. Uh, you know, obviously they haven't come close in uh, contract talks. You know, so, you know, he's represented now by Scott Boris, who likes to take a guy all, all the way through. So even though it's not a popular move to, to trade him, I think they'll certainly listen to offers. Speaking of the Big Apple, the other team in the uh, Empire State, the New York Yankees, very disappointing year. Finished fourth place in that division. Missed the postseason. Is there going to be something a little reactionary to? Hey, you know what? We got to go out. We got to make a big play here this winter and make a, a big move or two. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can see them, you know, all over uh, a Bellinger, uh, you know, or Soto. I think you're going to get one of the two. And then they, uh, they'll love to get Yamamoto themselves. Uh, you know, every time when things are looking, you know, bleak, they spend a ton of money, uh, just like they did in 2009, 2013. So this could be the same thing this time. Uh, so, no, I, I think the fans are be, uh, you know, clamoring for a big move and they'll make it. I think Bellinger feels like a perfect fit for them. Yeah, I mean, they could, they, uh, you know, the fact they, they need a center fielder, uh, can play first base. Rizzo's only back, you know, for one more year. Uh, can spell Rizzo, uh, you know, let Rizzo DH in those days. So, yeah, and, you know, obviously he can handle the big markets. He, he played in L.A., played in Chicago. So the number two, number three market so far is so why not the number one market? All right, well, Bob, I uh, got one more thing for you here. It, it, we've got two or three more days left in November. Christmas season is upon us. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, it's a Wonderful <laughs> Life. It's a Wonderful oh, Life that movie. That's a classic. Yeah, it's a great yeah, one. Absolutely classic. Yeah, every time it's on, I can't stop but watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Any fun traditions in the for Christmas season in the Nightingale House? No, no real... Uh, no real traditions. I remember growing up, the uh, we were allowed to open up presents from our grandparents on Christmas Eve, and then uh, you know Christmas morning, you know, run downstairs to the tree. But that was our only uh, a real tradition. <laughs> well, he's Bob Nightingale, USA Today. I'll give him a chance to plug his work. Uh, thank you for carving out a little bit of time here today. I know you've been a very busy man. Uh, Bob, why don't you throw out uh, your social media, how people can uh, check out the work that you're putting out? Yeah, I usually you know, post all my stories on my uh, Twitter account. So just uh, B Nightingale, or you can go to usatoday.com. It'll be uh, all my stories will be on that site as well. All right. Well, Bob, thanks again. I'll see you in a few days at the winter meetings. All right. Look forward to it. See you in Nashville. <laughs> All right, y'all, that concludes our conversation today with the great Bob Father himself, Bob Nightingale. was fun talking, a little bit of early off-season stuff. Hopefully by the next time we release an episode, there'll be a lot for us to break down and discuss and analyze. That's my intention. So next week I'll be at the winter meetings. We'll see if I'm able to get an episode out. We'll also see if there's a lot of news. If there's a lot of news, maybe we'll... <laughs> we're gonna it's gonna be fun there's uh lance brozdowski and i have gotten airbnb there are gonna be six of us in this house for four nights uh we saved quite a bit of money on it so it's gonna be a really fun time so if we find time and there's a lot of news and rumors and maybe otani signs then we could potentially be dropping a an emergency podcast or you know maybe i'll pull on I'll pull over Dan O'Dowd or somebody from MLB Network or one of the baseball writers that's out there at the meetings. It's, it'll bit depend on you know how busy everyone is and what all is going on. I've never been to these meetings before, so it's possible we might not have an episode next week, but we certainly will two weeks from now, and I'm sure that by then we'll be having some uh, off-season news. We'll also be doing, again, my apologies, I should have given a greater warning and let you guys know that I was going to be out for a while, but we're back now. We'll be having episodes coming out regularly once again. Um, 
maybe we'll do a football episode sometime soon uh, as well. We'll see how busy everything is with baseball and what kind of news. If if we're not getting much news, maybe we'll talk some football or some college basketball on here. And we'll also, I know for our reality TV fans, we'll have some uh, episodes coming up in the next uh next couple months with some reality TV contestants. I know I do have one guest from Big Brother who will likely be joining us soon, another guest from Survivor. So once I lock in those dates of recording, I will uh, I will let you know who's coming on, give you guys a chance to submit some listener questions for those guests. Um, and then we'll have a lot, a lot of good stuff coming out soon. So you guys can please subscribe to the Jack Vita Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever it is that you're listening or watching this podcast. Follow me on social media. That is at Jack Vita Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And until our next episode of Jack Vita, bring in the dancing lobsters.